A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> Andy Jacobs. Yeah. Can we hear Andy through that mask? He's, I think you'll need to take that off. Andy's wearing a big plastic mask. He's a bit COVID. Well, Welders look. Anyway, it was a bit of a welders look. Um, what do we do today? Matthew Hoggard joined us, former England bowler. He's got his own barbecue school. Yeah. And that led to a, a number of suggestions from the listeners uh, on uh, barbecue-related uh, cricketers. So you'll, we'll bring you some of those. Will Meller joined us, yeah, didn't he? Very Manchester passionate United. about United. Oh, yeah. He's always very, very good. A Manchester United fan. Uh, uh, ben Littleton talked penalties. He wrote the book on penalties, and we noticed something in the Carabao Cup that uh, that we chatted about. And uh, the clips of the midweek featuring the Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Believe it or not, that is well worth a listen. Yeah, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, first of all, congratulations to Spurs. I thought they fully deserved the result last night. For um, the second half, if, if not well, the first. I just, I just thought, you know, they had all the disadvantages. They were playing with a lesser team. They were playing with one day less rest. And, and they'd played it on Thursday as well. I thought, really, no excuse for Chelsea. They had all the play in the first half. They just... It reminded me of Sari. They just kept the ball and kept the ball, passed it backwards, passed it backwards. And congratulations on getting rid of the one midfielder who passes it forward. Yeah, that That's always was a good idea, Funny, isn't it? you said to me, uh, we were having a bit of a conversation about it this morning, and you said to me, I'm surprised he didn't play Barkley. And then, of course, I saw the news yeah. and sent you it and said, oh, he's gone on loan to Villa. No wonder he didn't play. But that's not played well with you, is it? No, I think it's a, I think it's a big mistake. I, I think also, I just sense that there's something missing this year. Last year, Chelsea played with adversity of the ban and Hazard leaving, yeah. and they played with spirit, you know. And but I think expectation is weighing very heavily this because season. of the money that's been the spent. money that's been spent, and it's just not happening. Four games, four incredibly average performances. Yes, they could have won easily on Saturday. They could have won easily last night, but they the, the same problems are still there. They're not putting their chances away, and they can't defend. They always there's always yeah. a goal there. They're never going to keep a clean. It's shoot. very early days for a guy who's going to get you a lot of goals in Timo Werner. I think he proved that last night. That you know that yeah. wasn't a, that wasn't an easy chance he put no, away. But he missed. So, but you missed about two more. Yeah, but he'll find, he'll find his feet. Havertz is going to score goals. Yeah, look, they might, very they early might days. improve. They might. It's yeah. early days. But the the 
point of the matter is that I don't think Roman Abramovich spends £220 million to finish ninth, which is about where they're looking at the moment. You think so? Well, I can't see... I'm looking at other teams that are playing better than them. I counted it up, and there's at least nine teams playing better than Chelsea at this current yeah, point I mean, in it's, time. Again, you're, you're betting in new players. You've got, I think you've got to give them a bit of a chance. You have, but, you, you know, I, I'm not the owner, and he's not an owner yeah. that's known for patience. He had a lot of patience last year because he didn't have any choice. Um, I'm hoping, look, I want Frank Lampard to succeed. I hope he turns it around. He just as easily could. Yeah. But he's just as easily, you know, it could be a big problem. And yeah. uh, he, he needs certain players back. And, you know, I, I just think it's a shame. There were lots of other players I would have put out on loan before Barkley. That's yeah, all I, that's seem interesting. Yeah, I so much more enjoy watching my team on the front foot as well, rather so than being better. so passive. And yeah. again, it, it made me realise something I felt all along that mm. that first half performance, if that was a predominantly Tottenham crowd, if that was like fifty five thousand Tottenham fans, and seven thousand, they would have they would have been on mm. on their case. There's no way you could play as passively as Tottenham did in that first half with a crowd in and sometimes Jose likes to play that and you know he's, it's a luxury he has we might come on to this a bit they look so much better Tottenham when they play on the front yeah foot. I know Always. It's just so, why it's such but a they look fitter despite the extra day they look fitter than Chelsea at the end and I think they'd had such a rest in the first half they only really had to go for 45 minutes <laughs> oh, honestly I mean you know look, it, was, it was you know ultimately it was a poor performance from Chelsea yeah. they, they showed some stuff in the first half but not you know they didn't really create much you know you can see why they need Chilwell for 90 minutes. I mean, neither of the backups. I mean, Emerson, again, he just did exactly what, you know, just... He went to sleep a bit on Lamella, didn't he? You know, exactly. Yeah. Hopeless. Absolutely hopeless. And uh, Although I'm surprised Eric Dyer, when he ran off... I haven't seen any headlines. There's such an obvious headline, Eric Diarrhea. Oh, no, it's done. No, it's been doing the rounds. I haven't seen it's, it. Uh, I think, actually, <laughs> our old mate Crackers was possibly first to it. Well, it's funny, I wrote it down at the time. Oh, so OK, well, I, everybody was... He, was, he may be first in print, but uh, really. then I, it probably was out yeah. there about 2,000 no, I, times. I think that's... It's, all Jose's teams look better on the front foot. United, when they used to play, like, you know, <sighs> yeah. passively, they looked terrible. When they didn't, they looked better. Chelsea, it's exactly the same thing. There's something about him. I don't know why he puts the handbrake on, because it's so clear he, they look yeah. better when they when they, he takes it off and he lets them play. You never sense that he is, just before they leave mm. the dressing room, that he says, get into them early doors. Yeah. You know, no, do I you? think the sense for Tottenham is that they're going to have a very good season. They've got a very good manager, uh, you know, and I think they've got Bale to come. If I was a Chelsea, uh, Spurs fan, I'd be a lot more optimistic than I would be if I was a Chelsea fan. Wow. You know, I really would. I don't, I think well, Chelsea just, fans are worried. I genuinely you think, think so? Worried. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're really worried. I mean, there's all the usual, oh, you know, give him time and don't worry about it and don't panic and all those types. You always get those and yeah. get behind the lads. You get all those. But I think a majority of them have not been impressed with what they've seen yeah. this season. It's early days, so let's let's see what happens. Now, we're going to be carrying out a little bit of an experiment over the next uh, two and a bit hours, Andy, um, because yeah. I'm this afternoon I'm going to do a Jack Russell. I don't mean I'm going oh, yeah. to do a wonderful watercolour of a... <laughs> Of Me. New Road, or of you. <laughs> yeah. But the former England wicketkeeper, if, if you know him for, for for various things, one, being a great wicketkeeper and fine cricketer, yeah. also being an artist, and a man that could eke out a, a tea bag for a test match. Yes. And he would hang it up with a, with a, uh, with a little peg, and yeah. he'd make a tea bag last for a whole test match. Well, uh, I quite favour a mint tea mm. uh, here at TalkSport. Have we only got one bag? Well, we've we've run out. Yeah. And I had one stray bag, which I was carrying around, <laughs> Like some old nan, I've got no idea why I had it. So, what we've decided to do, I'm going to do a Jack Russell this afternoon. So, I've got one on the go. Yeah. 
And uh, it's of the pucker variety. It's uh, hmm. it's their mixed um, mint tea. <laughs> and I'm going to see if it will last three dips, if it will go in for three cups. What's it going to be like by the third cup? Weak. Think? <laughs> as good as us defending from set plays. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. I'm sure we have spoken to our next guest about this subject before, but only in passing. Yeah, but Eddie, you tell me today that uh, the former England bowler, Matthew Hoggard has his own barbecue school. It looks good. Hoggy's Grill, it's called. <laughs> so I, I didn't believe you at first. I went and checked it out, and sure enough, there it is. Um, uh, it's got its own website, and very good it looks too. I'm very pleased to say that Matthew Hoggard joins us now. Good afternoon, Hoggy. Good afternoon. Yes. And so I, I think, I can't remember why we spoke about this in the past, but it, it wasn't quite as formal an arrangement. And we knew you were a big fan, but uh, but uh, you've you've taken this on to another level, teaching teaching people the skills. Yeah, I go. So when I retired in 2013, and I've tried my hand at different things in finance and insurance, and it just didn't work. Um, and somebody said, you need to find something that you're passionate about. I said, what, like eating and drinking? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so well, the things that I love and you know, passionate about is cooking and open flames and fire and everything else. I said, well, there you go. Well, the idea was born maybe four years ago, and it's taken four years to find the right venue and to, to set it up. But and then COVID hit, so we've been in a very uh, tricky situation. We're trying to launch a new business um, in a, in a very testing year for everybody. Yeah, of course. That's true. But then on the other hand, though, I mean, we have had a lot of outdoor living. So yeah. I imagine there's been quite a lot of interest in it. Yeah, I've got to say, the grill side of things has gone out of the, over the, out of the world. Um, you can't get your hand on the grill. Um, everybody's sold out. Everybody's um, on back order. So the great news is that everybody stayed at home and spent money on their gardens, and that includes a grill. And now they need to know what they can actually do on their grill. They're not just limited to um, burgers and sausage and chicken. Yeah. Now, you do a basics course as well, which I think is very important because, it's you know, people don't know the basics of, of good barbecuing, do they? And, and unless you get that right, like anything else, including cricket, um, you're, you're not going to be able to sort of train on. So you do a basics course and you also do them for uh, the kind of gourmets, the more advanced barbecuers. Yeah, we do everything from how to make your perfect um, burger and make your own burgers rather than buy the pre-made stuff um, to how to grill your chicken, to indirect cooking, to how to grill your lobsters on there, bake a cake on there, make Yorkshire puddings and all the rest of it. There's nothing you can't make on a grill that you can do in an oven. And I noticed, uh, looking at the website, that you you very much seem to favour the charcoal, which I, I agree with a million percent. I, yeah. I think it's much better than the gas-burning ones. I know they're more convenient, but uh, is that how you feel about it? I mean, I love charcoal. I love the, the flames and I love the smell. I love the flame that it puts into your to your uh, into your, your food. Um, yes, they're a little bit more tricky to, to learn how to control the temperature and make sure that you don't overheat, uh, make sure that you've got the right the right setup because the indirect cooking on, on a charcoal barbecue, everybody sort of like puts all the charcoal all over the barbecue and tries to cook at the same temperature rather than setting different zones and different temperatures on the barbecue so they can cook things at different times. And when you get that flare up, what do you do if you've got all the charcoal everywhere? Well, you know, you burn your food instead of being able to move it to the coal home. And there's all different types of things that you can can use. And then there's the ease and the the trade of wood pellet, or the, where you put um, you, 
you would pellets in, in in the barbecue. You can set it on the Wi-Fi, set it to your phone, and you can go off anywhere in your in 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 the country, and you can control your barbecue from the from your phone. That's amazing. And you you cater for. They're non-carnivores as well, I see, Hoggy, don't you? You've got a, you've got a, a, a veggie extravaganza. Yeah, we've got the vegetables as well. We've got a cater for everybody. Uh, and just, you know, vegetables are very tasty. Um, I love my veg. Um, yes, I like to put them next to meat. Um, well, for the people that don't want to put them next to meat, vegetables are very tasty, and I think they're absolutely stunning on a, on a barbecue. And are you, are you doing these? If we come along, will, will we see you in action, or do you have a team? Uh, you'll see me in action. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't need to um, put my my ears and experience um, to the front and um, make sure that everybody's entertained and um, hopefully a little bit more educated when they leave. Nice one. So you're in you're in mm. Rutland. We understand. Is that yeah, right? Is that where the base is? Yeah. Yeah. Where Rutland Water Nursery is. We overlook the water, so you can see the water from there. We're all just covering the polytunnel. So it's all around um, cooking. We'll be putting on your Christmas turkeys and your hams and your and your beef. How to cook your Christmas turkey on the barbecue? We have some space We might need that this, yeah, this we winter. Might actually, we might need to be doing it. That's, That's going to be true, popular, yeah, Christmas. And uh, yeah, people go and check it out. Hoggiesgrill.com. All the details are there of uh, of the the courses and and so they're 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 going on currently, are they? Hoggy, okay, we we can sign up yeah. now. I've got to say, we went live on Monday. We have four people booked in on Saturday. So there's still six places left on Saturday if people want to book um, for burial. Um, but, yeah, we've got a corporate event tomorrow. Uh, so we've got um, a company coming in to test how to make pre-packed food for a major um, uh, supermarket. So it's, it's all happening. Sounds Brilliant. Good. Okay, Hoggy's Grill. Uh, go and check it out. Um, while we've got you on, it, it's. I mean, we we didn't know this was going to break today, but it has. So we'll talk to you about it about the central contracts and the top line. Of course, is that Johnny Bairstow has uh, lost his Red Bull central contract, and it's. I mean, you've been in this situation, haven't you? It's. It, I mean, it, it can't be easy, and it's often not easy on the counties, is it? Because they will be picking up the tab if you lose your your central contract. Yeah, obviously he's lost his red ball contract, but he's kept his white ball contract. Mm. <laughs> I heard the news um, through TalkSport. <laughs> I've only just heard the news. But, yeah, it's a horrible situation for a player to be in. Um, and, and we keep on asking the future of Test cricket uh, and his white ones going to take over. And if we lose a talent like Johnny Best, I'm sure he's this type of character that will say, right, then I want to fight for my, my red ball place back. But... If in reality, if he looks at things and says, do I want to turn up to a county fixture for four days um, it, with 200 people watching in, in early April where the ball's zipping around all over the place, it's freezing cold, or do I say, do you know what, I'm happy playing white ball cricket. I can go be a white ball cricketer in the Big Bash, in the IPL, in the Caribbean Central League, in the Pakistani League, and play white ball cricket for England. Why do I need to bother trying to get my red ball contract back? So that's the, the worry about cricket and which way direction it's going to be heading and where it will be in 10 years' time. Yeah, that's a good point, Hoggy. He'll be tempted, but he, he, 
best though seems to me the type of bloke that yeah. will fight. He'll he I think it'll bother yeah. him this, won't it? Yeah, I think so. So hopefully. Uh, tell you also, you've written a lot about the <clears> pressures <throat> of playing cricket and retiring from cricket and spoken about it. And there have been a couple of documentaries this summer, The Edge and also The Test, really have shown the fans what it's like inside a cricket dressing room. It's, it's quite a pressurised place, I'd say. Yeah, it is, but again, elite sport is like that. Um, you, people that get to the highest level, that they, they are going to be judged, and they're going to be judged by everybody that, that are a fan and watch cricket or watch their sport. And there's a reason you got to the to the top, is that because you, you have what it takes to get there. But the mental side of things, that everybody and their dog has a right to an opinion of how you're playing, it is it is quite scary. Just yes, you've got the skill. Oh, we lost him. Oh, he's yeah. just dropped off. Anyway, we we we, we were running I out think of time. Sadly, he was. I think yeah, we he was done. But <clears throat> it does look like a lot of fun. This go and check it out. Yeah. Um, uh, Hoggiesgrill.com. They're all COVID safe, of course. Uh, so uh, yeah, go and check that out. Good luck uh, with the business. If he's still listening to us, we wish you. You can never well, go at barbecue cricketers if you like, and then you come up with barbecue one. cricketers. What did you come up with, Dennis Grilly? <laughs> I did have MS Donna, but I'm not sure. If, well, you, 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 I mean, you could do kebabs on there. You could do. Do you want? Do you want barbecue-based cricketers, dear? Yeah, give it a go. Okay, I'll take your mind off Chelsea. You're doing him. A, you're doing him a service. You'll cheer him up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. We, we spoke to Matthew Hoggard about his mm. barbecue school when you were trying to think of um, cricketers. Yes. Uh, with a yeah. bit of a barbecue feel. Yeah. And you gave us Dennis Grilly. That was it. That's all we <laughs> That's had. It. That's all I had. Uh, Den gives us uh, Alan Lamb and Mint Burger. Terrible. Very good. You'd have that on your barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Lance Spare Ribs. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's not bad. Jeffrey Boychop. That's says, rubbish. George, thank well, you very much. Well George. Go on, a certain vintage, I'd say. Yeah. No Lance Gibbs. <laughs> we can probably guess his age. <laughs> uh, Joe Root Veg. I mean, on a barbecue, oh, Root I think that's veg. really I mean, stretching it, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. That's a, yeah, there's a stewards on that one. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, not really. Um, they were the Clips of the Week in September 2007. As we've been telling you, some uh, old mini-discs emerged in the uh, move to the new premises a year or so, and we've just not got round to doing anything about them. But in, in, <clears throat> amidst the virus... Um, there must be a lot of them, though. I yeah. didn't know they went up to 2007. Yeah. We've gone back to 2003, we've had 2006... So these have mm. been digitised, allowing us to bring them to you again off these old mini-discs. And we've not heard them since uh, 2007, so we're looking forward to it, especially as the Prime Minister, then an mm. occasional stand-in for the great James mm. Whale, um, was uh, is part of this today. So uh, anyway, uh, off we go. Uh, we kick off with Andy Townsend and Mike Parry previewing the 2007 Rugby World Cup with their old mate Rodri Williams going to be a great World Cup. I think it's going to be one of the most exciting, well it is going to be the most exciting World Cup since it was, uh, since it first started in 1987 because I think there are more teams now who really believe they can make the quarter-final spots whereas years ago some of the smaller nations would have looked at it and thought well you know if we can win a game it'll be fine. But you know the likes of Fiji who are now much better at the 15-man game Canada can be strong we'll be be looking at certain games and thinking Fantastic strides Canada. He certainly not got a clue, Rodri, has he? <laughs> absolutely not. Andy Townsend speaking for the nation. He hasn't got a clue, yes, has he? Yes, it was Paris. Oh, yeah, best, absolutely it? brilliant. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Now. Yeah, that one. Standing in for James Whale, the great James Whale, setting up the main subject of the show. Hi, good evening. It's Boris Johnson, and I'm standing in here for James Whale, on the Talk Sport James Whale Show. And the third guest, pre- guest presenter to take over this week, and it's a great joy and honour to be here. Now, our first subject is a very difficult and controversial subject. You may have heard us talking about it just now. We're talking about the huge problem. On 1089 and 1053am. There we are. He's a great ad-libber, isn't he? He's, oh, yeah, tremendous. tremendous. Yeah, not, not much has changed. Uh, later in the show, Boris couldn't work out why nobody had called in yet. Uh, is anybody ringing in yet? They don't seem to be doing that. Uh, listen, listen, there's a mass apathy out there. Get off your couches and ring in. Give out a number. Give out a number, yeah. yeah. A very good idea. Good We've got idea. to give out a number. Give you, let me give you the number you've got to call. Where's the number? It's there, down there, though. 07, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, uh, right. 08717 Oh, yes, Prime Minister now. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. How did he get... Running the country. Honestly, Ash, brilliant there, was yeah, Ash was having none of it, wasn't he? <laughs> Wouldn't be any different. He should have Ash as, uh, as in the, in the cabinet. Cummings. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be fantastic. Ash would be, Ash would be it, brilliant. he get his there, coat on? Yeah. Certainly far more laid back in the old cabinet meetings, wouldn't they? Uh, Anyway, back to Mike Parry now. Knowledge is a powerful weapon, and those who do not have knowledge feel that they have been pushed out of society into the dark reaches of ignoramus land. Ignoramy land. Oh, of course. Ignoranus land, you, of course, Ignorani land. Yeah. 
<laughs> Staying with Mr. Parry. Mr. Brazil must have been on holiday. Staying with Mr. Parry, here he is with another of his hot takes. The dead aren't actually affected by death, apart from the fact that they've lost their life. <laughs> <laughs> He knows that's a clip. That kind of uh, incredible original thinking is still available, we should point out, every weekend, every Saturday on talk radio for uh, for, uh, two hours. He's bonkers. 5.30. Anyway, 5.30, there you go. Uh, some sports news now that had England fans worried ahead of the crucial 2008 European Championship qualifiers. England coach Steve McLaren's being forced to wait on the outcome of the thigh injury that he picked up in training yesterday. <laughs> Didn't stop him standing up holding that umbrella. umbrella. That's Lindsay Hooper, isn't it? Lindsay, I think it is. It may well yeah, be. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're doing a good spot there. Sports. I could be wrong, but there it, we are. No, I think you're right. Here's a guest to Keith Arthur's Fisherman's Blues. I, a bloke I know told me that he was on a stretch of water and a pole came down there and killed a nine-pound barbel, chopped mm. his head clean off. Yeah. Blimey, fish decapitation. <laughs> That's a bit awful, isn't it? Wow, not about that. <laughs> Blimey. Um, so, is it me? I think it is. That was to, a bit politically incorrect, <clears throat> yeah. number seven. To um, Alan Brazil now making his French uh, guest feel welcome. What about the French? Let's cross over now and let's say a very good morning to RMC Radio Chief uh, Rugby Broadcaster Laurent Dupree. Laurent, good morning. Good morning, welcome morning. to France. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love France, Laurent. Uh, Merry Belle, Courcheval, très bon. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Was he Laurent, was he Lorraine, or was he Laurent? <laughs> or was he Laurent? I've got no idea. We didn't listen to the whole interview. <laughs> Staying with Big Al. And it turns out he does struggle with those English names. Uh, why on earth didn't England manager back to the emails uh, pick Villa's uh, a bungalow? Well, I can't even say his name, right? Uh, Gabriel Abongalo. <laughs> He'll be chuffed, won't he, Gabby? He's on the station quite a lot yeah, now. Yeah, I hope he does breakfast with Alan. <laughs> worth a few Having clips. Can we be... have one with Alan the other week? Not yeah, being able to say. Yeah, nothing, nothing's changed, is it, yeah, really? No. Back to Andy Townsend during a paper review, and we think this might be the exact definition of it's like getting blood from a stone. Also, looking at the, uh, the pullout in the paper today, score, you've got everything covered there from front to back, yes? Yep. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Everything's covered. Feel free to expand on it and sell a few copies of your paper. It's Lisa O'Sullivan now with news of an Arsenal goal. Arsenal have the lead against Portsmouth at the Emirates Stadium. Emmanuel Adebayor putting them ahead after a penalty uh, with a spot kick from the penalty spot. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the best place to take him from. Really, best yeah. place to take him from. You're pushing your luck otherwise. And finally, Graham Beecroft chatting to his co-host Alan Brazil. Does he? He's not slow coming forward the old dough. I'm up in Where Newcastle was he? Buffalo couple... Joes or something? Buffalo. Well, he was in a couple of them. The blue bimbo. The blue what? The blue bimbo. What's a bimbo? Oh, blue. Oh, no. Is it the blue bamboo? Sorry. <laughs> not the blue bimbo. <laughs> <laughs> the blue bimbo is at blue bamboo. It's so brilliant. there we are. 2000, September 2007. <laughs> yeah. Who thought it, eh? Blimey. Good lord, Boris. Yeah. See if we can find it. Was that a one off? I sense it might have been from Ash's attitude. I feel quite encouraged. I thought I was a bad presenter, but having heard that. Well, you are. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me just spell that out. Well, that's very true. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was probably no, his first it? his first shift. Wasn't oh, it? he was terrible. Didn't put. He? Have I got news for you? Off did it? Or indeed, the country. No. So, um, you also told us... I'll tell you what, we'll come back to these. We'll do a couple. Um, Andy, we spoke to Matthew Hoggard, who's got his own barbecue school. So Andy got a bit pantastic and gave us... What did you go with? Your Dennis first Grilly. Dennis Grilly. Um, this uh, one's better from Mike Rory, in London, though. Rory burns the sausages, says Daz, <laughs> the tricky tree. Uh, Chris Smokes, says uh, Ian. Shane Warm. 
Uh, <laughs> even he's not sure about that. <laughs> Sam Grillings, says That's Michael good. in London. Uh, Michael Athertongs. Says Ian in Leeds. That's good. Daniel Bell drumsticks, quite good. It's <laughs> very good. That's from Chris. Uh, Justin Banger. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's good. That's from Dan. Uh, uh, Darren Gofter. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> I cook in the old Gofters rip. on the barbecue. <laughs> and there's a lot of, uh, we've had quite a few uh, Adam uh, Grill Crisps. Uh, one, I think, from uh, mm. Phil in Belfast and uh, Ross and Joe driving up the A19. They went with Frying Lara. Not bad. <laughs> no, really. uh, A.B. de Grilliers, somebody gives us <laughs> as well. Good. That's good. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We're going to talk a bit of football now um, and penalties in, in empty stadiums. We saw last night mm. nine of the ten penalties uh, put away with a plomb, as I believe they, they say in football circles. They, they were really good pens. Virtually unsavable. I thought Lloris got quite near Jorginho's, but apart from that, they were all brilliant. Yeah. That one amounts obviously wasn't that brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, we had, uh, and even that had the post. I mean, it wasn't a complete duffer, was it? I was expecting Lucas's to end up somewhere in Bruce Grove. I thought Ice Kante Street. would take one. I said to my son, he's going to hit that golden cocker on the roof that you were walking <laughs> about the other day. <laughs> and then we saw Bournemouth play Palace, didn't we, last week? 11-10 on penalties. Yeah, and it's true. That's a good point you made there. Yeah, and you do think, well, does that make a difference? That mm. There's no pressure of the crowds there. I mean, like Lee Mason last night, they tossed the coin to see which end you take the penalties. I thought, what's the point? Who cares? It doesn't make yeah, any exactly. difference. Yeah, it's, it's all true. in front of our... No, we're not. Yeah, uh, ben Littleton, of course, is the man to speak to. He's the author of 12 Yards. Def- the definitive work on penalties. Just before we speak to me, I just want to clear something up. Was that... Crowd noise being played into the stadium. No, it's only played uh, on TV. It's not being really? played into uh, the stadium. Because but some grounds are doing I've been doing watching, it. you know, the the channel without sound. So I tried that last night, and it had the sound on it. And I really? noticed the crowd were all Spurs. It was all Spurs songs, and I just wonder. Well, as far as I mean, I, I, I don't know, but as far as I know, that's all just been played at, uh, over TV. There have been some mm. clubs that are doing it. We spoke okay. to the company that are pumping it into stadiums. Well, QBR doing it? One or yeah, two. I others. just wondered if they could do it for the, uh, the Carabao Cup. Carabao I don't know. Cup. Anyway, it's it's anyway. Uh, back to Pens. Yeah. Good afternoon, Ben. Hello, guys. Has this struck you as you were sitting there watching the, the, the nine last night and the sort of what was it, twenty-one last week? Well, it, I mean, what, what struck me, Paul, is that you would definitely be trying to find an explanation for a Spurs penalty shootout victory. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I need, to, I need to reason it out, otherwise exactly. I'm, I'll be in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> otherwise, it just doesn't make sense at all. And also, a, a Jose Mourinho penalty shootout victory, because this is his first victory um, in a shootout as a, as a coach of an English club. He'd lost his previous seven. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, which is really, which is really um, quite surprising. And, and I, I always find that the more... Um, we obsess about how detailed and brilliant a coach is. The less they seem to care about penalty shootouts, and the less they, the more they say it's a lottery. Because Pep has the same problem; he's often losing, uh, or his teams are often losing shootouts. And uh, you know, everyone goes on about how, how obsessive he is. And I think um, often co- coaches don't, you know, go that extra one or two percent to, to to help improve their chances. And interestingly, Andy. What you said about the crowd noise um, is also relevant to penalties because in Brazil they play um, fan noise, which you can hear inside the stadium. And earlier this season there was a shootout between two teams in, in Brazil, Palmeiras and Corinthians. And it was at Palmeiras. And every time a Corinthians player was about to take a penalty, the Palmeiras DJ 
basically turned up the crowd noise as loud as it could. <laughs> wow, to brilliant. To try and distract the players. And it worked. They lost the shootout. Wow. So, so, it, so if the, um, the crowd noise is being filtered through the stadium and you can hear it in the stadium, that can actually work to the, to the team's advantage as well. It would make mm. sense, though, wouldn't it, that there'd be less pressure on the players walking mm. up to take a penalty when there is no crowd there. It's much more... They always talk about the visualising and making it feel like it's a training session. Well, that's a lot easier when it feels like a training session. Well, I think that's absolutely right when it comes to players who are used mm. to taking penalties in training sessions and are not used to taking penalties in normal matches, in normal situations. But I think for players who are regular penalty takers, who thrive off the pressure of having a huge audience and actually enjoy that. And I think it can be quite difficult. I mean, Bruno Fernandes in one of the first games back in an empty stadium, actually at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, scored a late penalty, surprise, surprise, through VAR and for Manchester United um, against, against Spurs. And he was asked, oh, you know, what was it like taking a penalty in an empty stadium? And he said, oh, you know what? I actually prefer it when there are more, when there are more people watching because I, I play better when I'm under pressure. And the player who missed the decisive penalty for Crystal Palace last week was Luka Milivojevic, oh, whose, record, whose yeah. record in penalties before <clears throat> then was, I think, 21 out of 21 yeah. in the Premier League. And he had spoken before that game, I, I hasten to add it was before, not after, just saying, you know, it's going to be a bit weird taking penalties in front of an empty crowd, uh, in an empty stadium. I'm not used to it. You know, I'm used to, I'm used to doing it in front of a crowd. And he actually did score a penalty in that shootout right at the beginning, but it was second time round. But I was quite interested that someone who, who scores so regularly did actually um, miss a decisive penalty in this situation. So I think it's too early to say definitively that it's helping one way or the other, but it is certainly interesting to watch them. Mm. I think, I don't know how many penalties there have been this year, but it seems to me that there's been more. Obviously, we've seen all these handball penalties, but there do seem to be a, quite a lot in virtually every game. Yeah, the VAR, I think, is the fact they're going to the monitors and they're prepared to, to change their minds. in 23 games, I think I had uh, heard on Saturday at the, during commentary, yeah. which, which does seem a lot. Uh, but you mentioned Pep there, and... Uh, and his approach to penalties is odd. I've noticed this in the past. He, he, his approach is, I'm very superstitious, so I'm not going to watch them. Yeah, which yeah, is so alien. That's never, to... sign, that's never a good sign if you ask me. But mm. I think that he is such a disciple of Johan Cruyff that um, he gets his ideas about penalties from Cruyff. And Cruyff famously hated penalties. Now, everyone has seen the penalty that he took with Jesper Olsen where he passes it. But that, in a way, is just representative of the fact that he really didn't like penalties in their, in their truest form because um, they don't rely on intuition or skill or creativity. They're really basic form of, uh, you know, of, of scoring that, that doesn't appeal to his kind of aesthetic side. So um, Cruyff was very anti-penalties, another reason why the Dutch traditionally used to struggle at penalties. He, Cruyff actually once said he preferred the noise of, of the ball hitting the crossbar from a penalty rather than it hitting the back of the net. I mean, that's how much of an esthete he was. So, <laughs> but, um, and, I, and I think Pep has a bit of that in him as well. I just think he thinks that somehow penalties are not a fair part of the game. And, and he has been stung by penalties many times, especially in the Champions League. Um, Aguero missed a penalty for City against Spurs and right at the beginning of that very mm. dramatic um, quarterfinal they had in, in 2019. But also he's lost shootouts... Um, uh, at Bayern and at Barcelona um, through penalties. 
Um, Frank Lampard, they talked to him afterwards uh, the game last night and asked him whether he'd got the penalty takers sorted out. He said, oh, yeah, we'd prepared. We'd prepared for pens and we had the penalty takers sorted out. But what if he was thrown because Timo Werner was obviously down to take mm. one but had bad cramp yeah. and didn't feel he should no, I, I, he I think Matt would have taken one anyway, even if it hadn't been, <clears> you know, if Werner had taken one. So. Yeah, but that means he wasn't prepared, Paul. I mean, being prepared is not having a plan A. Being prepared is having a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. And this is something that... Co- you know, I often talk to coaches about, which is, yeah, yeah, I know who my top five penalty takers are, but at the end of a game, and normally at the end of 120 minutes, last night it was only 90. Yeah. You know, anything can, can change. A player could be sent off, a player could be injured. So you need to have, you need to know not just your top five, but at least your top seven or eight. And they should know as well what order they'll be taking it because you want to take as much decision-making away from the players in that pressure moment as you can. Good stuff. Interesting as always, man. Good to talk to you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The virus has made us realise even more that how we have to cherish our, our local, really. Uh, yeah. Times are tough for, for our local pubs mm. at the moment, even more so now they're having to close at 10 o'clock. Um, so here to uh, to big up, as I believe the, the kids may have said about 12 years ago, uh, the local pub is uh, actor <laughs> and Manchester United fan, Will Meller. Good afternoon, Will. Good afternoon, boys. Yep, I think I think we're all with with you on this one. A very important part of the community, your local. Massively, it's massively part. Of, it's a massive part of the community, you know, to socialise and get out. And you know, it's important that we support our local pub. You know, this campaign here's to the pub has been launched by the UK's largest pub company, uh, and they've actually given away a free drink, one Ooh. free drink per week nice. um, for for the month of October. You got to do is Google Great British Pubs. Uh, go on there, you can see how you can claim your free drink and what pubs are doing it. And it's just to help people to get out and support the local pub because it's a massive part of the community. Yeah, and as I say, more than ever, because they, they are losing that extra hour or so, aren't they, every night? Not only that, mate, they're having to spend more money to stay within these government guidelines. Mm, they're having yeah. to put more tables in, get more staff in, and, and all that's costing money. They've lost an hour of trade. So it's important that we get behind them because if we lose our pub, there's a lot of people who won't have anywhere to go and socialise, especially the older generation who probably that's the only social outlet they get. Mm. I think it's really important. The pubs need the community and the community needs the pubs. Definitely. I was in a lovely pub last week in uh, Bath and it was impressive, the track and trace and all the steps that they'd taken. So they're really trying hard, aren't they? They are trying hard and it's, it's hard for them. And, and I think we all realise <laughs> you never know what you've got until it's gone. Lockdown, when we didn't have any social outlet, you know, we, it was driving us mad. You know, some men, women, whatever it might be, if something's getting you down, the house is getting you a bit, you know, it's closing in on you a bit, you go to the pub and you talk nonsense or you watch a bit of football or you play darts or you talk about your problems, you know, and it's great for mental health, that sort of thing. We need to socialise. And these places, these local pubs, are a place where we can go and do that. Even before the virus, well, it was a bit sobering at times, wasn't it, that's the right word, to drive round areas that you knew quite well maybe in the past and, and see a pub that you knew and used to go in all boarded up and thinking, oh, no, I, that's, a, that's terrible. But yeah, it was happening yeah. a lot, wasn't it? We saw a lot of independent pubs going to the wall. I know, it's sad, mate. I think the smoking ban killed a lot of them off as well, and mm. that was really sad because, the, especially the older generation, who's, who's going who's to want to stand outside in the freezing cold to have a cigarette, you know? And, um, and, and, and I think a lot of the pubs, a lot of people just thought, well, I can't be bothered, you know? And that killed a lot of the pubs, and we just, we, I think we need to try and keep as many open as we can. And uh, as I said, it's a massive part of the community, and it's a great place to go and be social, and I think mental, mental health on the rise like it is, we need to keep these social places open. How have Manchester United been for your mental health recently? 
Absolute rubbish. I'll tell you, driving the trackers. <laughs> absolute rubbish. Honestly, it's, it's terrible. I think the no. I think the pre-season, no pre-season killed us. You know, we, we look. We don't look match fit at all. We look a yard off. The press is terrible. Pogba's a waste of his shirt. He's driving me crackers. It's interesting. Yeah, Danny I know Murphy. How you on, feel. Yeah, Danny, <laughs> Danny Murphy on Monday was saying and talking about Fernandez and, and Pogba, and he I think he couldn't quite see that as a as a combo. Is it not working for you either? No, not working for me. It's not that. It's Pogba. What's he doing? He comes and stands in front of the back four, gets it, tiptoes around, and loses the ball. <laughs> I just think if you're gonna, if you want, to, we've got a defensive midfielder in Matic on the pitch, or you know, and and then push up the pitch, go and play midfield, centre midfield. We don't need you getting the ball off our back four. I mean, don't talk about me back two, the two centre-halves. My God. I mean, we just need... I, I hope Pogba, if we can get Baggy fit, I think he could be a decent fit in there alongside Maguire or Lindelof. But the pair of them... I mean, if you look at the pairings that United had over the years with Rio and Vidic, you know, and Pallister and Bruce, someone had pace. One of them had pace. Mm. These, none of these two have got pace. And now it's a blueprint of how to, how to beat us. Just running behind. We can't do anything. We just give penalties away. It's terrible. No, it's a very good point about that. I, I feel that about Chelsea. You've got to, if you're going to play Thiago Silva, you've got to have somebody with a lot of pace legs around him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Chelsea and United are struggling probably for similar reasons, and uh, I think probably uh, Mr. M. Pochettino standing on the sidelines waiting to see, oh, which one will I which get? Which pick of the jobs he <laughs> yeah. fancies? Yeah, I, I, don't, I feel a bit sorry for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer though, because the way Edward was doing business in these transfer windows is is terrible. I mean, we used to get business done. And we don't get business done. And now look at us scrambling again now for pickings. And they wonder why people put the price up. It's because we know we're desperate. We're struggling. I mean, we're trying to get Sancho deal done. I think he's well overpriced. Mm. But that's going to happen. And now they talk about this Dembele coming in on loan. I think we've got to try and free Greenwood up and get him through the middle with Martial because I think there'll be more goals there. And the way we do that is we bring in a Sancho or a Dembele. But, you know, it's, it's tough at the moment. And we look like we lacked pre-season. We do look like... We're about three or four games behind everyone else at the moment. I know we're only a couple of games in, mm. but we're a yard off. Brighton was so unlucky not to win that game. Um, we didn't deserve anything out of it, I don't think. Um, not bad going forward, United. We, have, we can hurt you, but we are going to concede goals. Be interesting to see what sort of team he picks tonight. I think he'll pick well, a he strong, made a lot strong... of changes last week, didn't he? Yeah, I think he'll pick a stronger team, though. I'd yeah. like to see Baye start because I want to get him match fit because I think he could be whether it's a full-time answer, but a temporary answer, to be alongside Maguire or Lindelof, whichever way you want to go, because he has got pace. He can be a bit rash at times, but he has got pace. Um, and I think the pair with Lindelof and Maguire, as I say, it, people will be licking their lips to play against him. You know what I mean? It's um, Townsend tore us apart, you know what I mean, in, in the first game of the season. It's just, you know, it's sad to see. Um, but it's, it's, uh, hopefully it wakes the board up and go, we've got to go and, we've got to go and buy because mm. we haven't got anyone on the bench who's going to come in and change this. And Pogba is a waste of a shirt. I, can't, I don't know what he does for us. I don't, I've seen what he does for other clubs, but what he does for us, getting the ball off our back for, I don't know what he's doing there. Uh, what have you made of Van der Beek so far? I think, he's, I think he looks great. He gets mm. in pockets. He seems to be wanting to keep on the move. He's hard to mark. I don't know why, why Solskjaer only played him for three minutes. I don't see the point in that. Um, I, I, just, I, it's, I think the problem he's got is a headache is do you pick him or Fernandez? Mm. I don't know whether he sees him as playing the, both, the pair of them together. I'd like to see it uh, because they are quite similar. Um, I think um, Van der Beek has got a bit more movement in him as in he goes and finds pockets on the edge of the box. I think he's got more goals uh, for him and Fernandez likes to spray a pass. Um, but I think he's a great signing. It, it just worries me that at the moment he's picking Pogba uh, thinking that, well, I can't play Van der Beek and 
Fernandez. Yeah. So Pogba seems to have his position, which is so frustrating to watch because even when he loses the ball, he gives a foul away. He's, he seems to tiptoeing around. It just bores me. He really do. He should be grabbing this team and, and lifting them up. He's an experienced pro who's been everywhere and he looks like he can't be bothered. He's collecting his paycheck and it's winding me up. Good stuff. We'll love to talk to you as always. Keep your Thank chin up. You Thanks very much. much. All the best. The I can't help it. No, it's all. No, we love good. it. We're, We're loving it. it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. The big breaking news was they ran out of mint tea in the in the kitchen <laughs> yeah, here at Talksport. Yeah. So I decided I'm quite partial to a mint tea. Yeah. So I thought what I would do was uh, as a tribute to the, the great Jack Russell, the former England wicketkeeper, who could make one tea mm. bag last for a whole Test match. Yeah, uh, I've gone for the same tea bag for three cups of tea. It's it's from the good people at Pucker. It's their it's their three mint tea. They won't like the fact that you're using it three times. Well, I know, look, I, I I know from that they would say, well, what do you expect? And they'd be right to because they I should be using a fresh one, but I've got no choice. So I'm now into the third yeah. tea bag with a one. Sorry, the third cup of tea with a one tea bag, Andy. I'm just going to go in. Here we go. So. Okay. It's basically now like I'm trying to shift a boiled sweet I've swallowed. <laughs> you know, it's just boiled it's, water. It's isn't just, it? it's there's slightly a, there's, bitter boiled water. It's, it's fragrant. It's there's a kind of a, a hint of mint, but there's not a lot of mint in it. So it's basically <laughs> boiled water. Into but, mint. So I do apologise. I'm not using their product properly. Anyway, this is what Jose's just said, head of the uh, uh, Maccabee Haifa game tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, he's on Deli Alley. Jose says, I cannot confirm if he's playing or not tomorrow. The only thing I can say is that he is being very professional. Even yesterday, when not in the squad, he trained very hard and he has the respect of his teammates and me. Which sounds very much like the player has said, Gaffer, I've got to be playing. I want to go out on loan or I want to go. Or the, the club have said he's not playing. It, I mean, otherwise, it would say, well, of course he's playing tomorrow. I've been resting him for Thursday. It's a big European game. If he's not picked for three squads, no. then there is something going on. Especially prior to the transfer window yeah. and also from his point of view he wants to get back in the England setup, and he's not going to do that not playing so but it's where they send him I can't send him, send him to another Premier League club because no. generally you shouldn't do that if you can avoid it still, not still like feel Chelsea somewhere... who seem to enjoy making other teams stronger so if I, you know he's probably going to end up sort of PSG you know, I would imagine is, like there's a very, there is still a very good player course, there but yeah. He doesn't justify a first team start at the moment. I don't. I don't know if I'm an outlier. Well, with no, fans, because he's not. You know, the, 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 from watching the documentary and seeing the way Spurs have played this season and the way they played in post lockdown, you know, he was. He's demanding a different thing from the players, and he just doesn't get that from Deli Ali. So you know, he doesn't fit in, in my yeah. view. Still a good player. He but, is. You know. I think he needs to go back to basics a little bit. Though. I mean, Delhi has become, as I said, all the things that used to come off don't come off. So it's a lot of donkey kicks and round yeah, the corner, no look and passes, and doesn't work when back heels. Are, yeah. Get your confidence up. That's what do you what you're good yeah, at. Yeah, it's good. It's all right if you've scored a couple of goals and yeah. then start doing that sort of thing. But they weren't coming off. But anyway, mm. I, I wish him well because he's been great for us. And I'd, I'd like to think it's not the last we've seen him been playing for Spurs. But that sounds at the moment like he won't be there after October the fifth. I like this story though, and this could be the future of sport. And uh, this is from the world of curling. Mm. Uh, they've come up with a computer called Curly. Yeah, that's basically good name. Play, I know. Plays curling. Yeah, curls, and uh, he, he basically won three out of four matches against one of South Korea's top-ranked sides. And we know what the giants of the world of curling they are. No, they are. They're very good at curling. Oh, yeah. Well, then I'm just I don't know what I'm talking I, about. I only I'm know like, Ronan, Mike, pa- Ronan, Mike Parry on rugby. <laughs> my curling knowledge is resist is um, restricted to Rona Martin, of course. Yeah. 
<clears throat> the great Olympic hero. Mm. But uh, I, I went online and watched this, and it is incredible. Yeah. This thing is so good. Like the, the human curlers need like people with the old. They need brushes to slow it down. Yeah, the brushes to slow it down. The the computer one doesn't. He just no. he just flick. Well, I say he could be a she. You yeah, know, it's, it's called curly. Could be but anything. You know, and uh, he he's tremendous. The way it works is um, mm. it, they it, they release the stone at exactly the right point, exactly the yeah. right pace, which means they don't need the brushes. Yeah. But the, the people who know about robotics, which is clearly yeah. not us. I mean, really, ideally, if you're looking for a robotics <laughs> expert, you need a London black cab driver, really, to put you right on that. <laughs> don't get me started on robotics, girls. But, yeah, um, yeah they, they'll tell you all about that. Yes. But it's they say that the brilliant thing about it, robotics <laughs> experts are in awe because it's the amount of finesse you need yeah. when when you're curling and they think that's that's quite rare in this you know you can always get one to kick a football or yeah. hit a ball can we get one in for the ashes or throw oh, something <laughs> well that's just that's often you know but it's the finesse involved yes. in the stone mm. which robotics experts uh, believe uh, yeah that, is, i mean it has so the incredible. same motion as a, as a human curler it's all, yeah. you know no, it's, it's the, brilliantly done yeah no brushes needed it's going to put people in the brush really. industry mm. out of work it would be terrible, wouldn't it? There'll be no broom sold in Scotland once they get one. There you go. And uh, 235 people have complained to have Ofcom. They? What about uh, this show? That's <laughs> more than 235. <laughs> have complained about Even I've complained about you know, it. Is I have that, as well. Honestly, is that bad? <laughs> I've been writing letters line. for years. <laughs> They've complained about Amanda Holden's dress. Have they really? Yeah, that it was too revealing. Oh, okay. And honestly, you think, take a long, hard look at yourself. All the problems in the world. And the thing you're worried about is Amanda Holden's cleavage, really. I think you've got a problem, really. I mean, Okay. Honestly, Man Holden's cleavage, latest edition. <laughs> it's a great interview with Simon Cowell. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I've got a bit of housekeeping for you. Mm. Um, you weren't here on Monday. Me and Charlie, we spoke to the guys at Bonhams. They had a big sports auction. Yes. Uh, Andy, were you aware of this? I and, was. The uh, cup, wasn't it? They were selling a uh, couple of things we discussed. Mm. Uh, they were selling the oldest FA Cup trophy which was awarded to the winners between uh, 1896 and 1910. Mm. They've said it could go between £900,000 and a million, yeah. but so in these straightened times it went for uh, just 620000 And uh, we were trying to get actor and Liverpool fan David Morrissey interested in the LFC1 mm. number plate. That's a good number plate. Um, uh, and which had gone up in price since, of course, the, the team won the, the title last year. And um, they thought that could go for 200 grand. And mm. uh, I looked up the Bonhams website. It actually went for a pretty tidy £125,062. Yeah. So LFC One of won. the papers said 100 grand. No, 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 the facts get in the yeah, way. Yeah, no, 125,060. <laughs> okay. That could be including the premium. I don't know if that's uh, Bonhams car. I don't think they take that much. Surely even football agents don't take that much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, a little bit of housekeeping. That's uh, 120. Joining us now, Keir Bonham <laughs> on the lane. <laughs> oh, Andy. Oh, Not at all. Um, oh, yes, now shirt yes. sales apparently mm. in in uh, lockdown and since the return are are down. Uh, Martin Lipton tells us yes. in his column that the good people at lovethesales.com, they had a bit of a, looked mm. into this, had a survey, said 63% fall in new replica kits. Uh, I'm not happened. surprised. I mean, because well, I was saying to you though, how many people who wear the replica shirts generally and buy them are actually going to the games? Do you think a much higher percentage than than not? Yeah? Well, I think if you if you look around, especially behind the goal, you'll see most people are wearing a shirt. You know, all right, certain people don't wear them, but I think a lot of people do. And also, people who go to the pubs to watch football, 
they wear the shirt. Yeah. But you're not going to put the shirt on. I occasionally do like... For put example, it on at home one Well, the second half, I thought... Did we, you put it on last night, the second half? No, I didn't, actually. Well, that's we what were, went wrong. Well, we were winning. <laughs> well, that's I should have put it yeah. on for the penalty shootout. You should have done, yeah, 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 yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow from <laughs> one. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you soon. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.